When it comes to our service of heaven, everybody knows that nobody's perfect. We all have our little vices. We all have our little things that we still need to work on. The problem becomes when we abandon all hope of becoming better at those areas of life and we decide to simply give up and put them on display for all to see. Welcome to the Transformative Duff. Today is Duff Yud Aleph, page 11 of Megillah. My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman. This is the Transformative Duff. When Ahasuerus first ascended the Persian throne, he was concerned about the fulfillment of a prophecy from Yirmiyahu. After 70 years, declared the prophet, the Jews would return to the land of Israel. He wasn't the first to worry about Yirmiyahu's words. Belshazzar, the king of Babylonia, had expressed similar concerns. And so he brought his actuarial team and they created a statistical model. 45 years of Nebuchadnezzar and 23 years of Evel Moradach and two of his own for a total of 70 years had passed without redemption. Concluding that Yirmiyahu's prophecy would no longer be fulfilled, Belshazzar took out the vessels of the holy temple and began to use them, publicly flaunting his derision of heaven. But that night a coup took place and he was slain. Aware of the story of his predecessor, Ahasuerus said to himself, Belshazzar miscalculated and erred. I too will calculate, but I shall not err. Yirmiyahu didn't say 70 years for the kingdom of Babylonia. He said 70 years for Babylonia, meaning 70 years of the exile of Babylonia. How many years is still lacking from the 70 years? Eight years. He calculated, inserting in their stead the third year of Belshazzar, five years of Darius and Cyrus, and two years of his own, bringing the total to 70. Once he saw that 70 years had been completed and the Jewish people were still not redeemed, he said, Now they will certainly not be redeemed. Therefore, I shall take out the vessels of the holy temple and use them. Says the Gemara, In those days when the king sat, and afterwards it is written, in the third year of his reign, Rava said, what is the meaning of when he sat, Keshevas? It means after his mind was settled, Shenis Yashva, and he had overcome his anxiety with regard to the redemption of the Jewish people. He said, Belshazzar cal- calculated and erred. I shall calculate, but I shall not err. What is this calculation as it is written? After 70 years are accomplished for Babylonia, I will remember you. And it is written that he would accomplish for the desolations of, Jer- of Jerusalem 70 years. He calculated 45 years of Nebuchadnezzar and 23 years of Evel Muradach and two of his own for a total of 70. He therefore said... I will take out the vessels of the holy temple and use them. This is that which Daniel said to him, but you have lifted yourself up against the Lord of heaven, and they brought the vessels of his house before you. And it is written on that night, Belshazzar, the king of Chaldeans, was slain. And it states, And Darius the Mede received the kingdom, being about 62 years old. Ahasuerus said, He erred, I will calculate, but I will not err. I will take out the vessels of the holy temple and use them. Let's analyze this Gemara. When it comes to our service of heaven, we all have little things we struggle with. Some of them are very personal, and we know that we're far from perfect. And we're able to keep those struggles behind closed doors, knowing that we'll achieve self-mastery in good time. And that's okay, because nobody is perfect. We're all working to become better Jews. Maybe you pride yourself on not having a TV at home. That might be true, but you know, and God knows, that you do watch the odd movie on Netflix. 
Or maybe you're proud of your family's commitment to keeping Yashan, only eating, eating the crop of the later part of the year. All the bread you purchased has come from last year's crop, just as the Torah prescribes. But then there's the small matter of those irresistible cookies that you occasionally can't help but indulge in, right? One day you tell yourself, who am I kidding? I know I'm eating the cookies. God knows I'm eating the cookies. It's time to quit this hypocrisy and just be honest with myself. I don't actually keep Yashan. And so you drop the whole Yashan facade. Now you're eating all those cakes and cookies of which you always dreamt. I've chosen a bit of a comical example to bring out the idea in a way that is relatable but consciously not too pushy. Everyone knows for himself where he's up to in life and what he considers to be a vice or a virtue. The key element in the story is the moment a person decides that his vice is no longer worth hiding from the world. Why were Belshazzar and Achashverosh so eager to use the temple vessels? They had all the utensils in the world at their disposal. Were all those utensils not sufficient for their needs? Take a close look at the wording of the Gemara. We're not simply informed that these wicked kings used the temple vessels. The Gemara emphasizes that each one declared, I will take out the vessels of the holy temple and use them. We don't know how they acted behind closed doors. That's immaterial. What we do know is that each time our sages censure them for their brazenness, they make it clear that these kings not only acted inappropriately, but they put their acts on display for all to see. In fact, so desperate were they to publicize and normalize their behavior, they even made the Jews eat off the vessels as well. Of course, we're not wicked rulers like Belshazzar and Achashverosh, but we do have behaviors that are best kept behind closed doors between us and God. When you bring those behaviors out into the open, it means you've abandoned all hope of ever improving in those areas of your spiritual life. The story is told of the fellow from New York who gets a job in middle America. He arrives in town to find that the only synagogue is conservative. He's always been a shulgoer and he decides to give the new community a try. After all, he tells himself, he's not that from, so why should he limit himself denominationally? So Shabbos morning he gets into his car, as he's always done, and heads in the direction of the synagogue. Once Waze has brought him to his destination, he drives around the corner and finds a parking spot. He then heads back over to the synagogue by foot. The security guard welcomes him, but then looks at him quizzically. Sir, you know, I did see you drive past here five minutes ago. You didn't have to park on the street. We're a conservative synagogue. We have a wonderful, spacious parking lot alongside our building. Yes, I realize, replies the New Yorker, but I'm orthodox. You might not yet completely be at a level of observance that aligns with your perspectives on Torah and Mitzvahs. Or you might even have a pretty, pretty decent track record when it comes to Frumkite. It's just the occasional tiver, the occasional desire that it's not quite right. But the main thing is that you know where you'd like to be. May you keep those inner struggles between you and Hashem so that one day you can become the Jew you know you truly are. Have a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Duff Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Duff Yomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Duff Yomi global movement, there's something in the Transformative Duff for everyone. It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the Duff with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful Dvar Torah. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter 
contains the secrets of the universe to achieving a life of simcha and purpose. Transform your life today. The Transformative Daf is published by Mosaica Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicapress.com. Thank you, The Transformative Daf.